Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded, <gasps> big breath there, in our car. And today we are in the Hemi studio. That's right. We are in the 397 Hemi studio, and we are going down the road. Beautiful day, and we're here to talk about security. You and me. We're going to talk about security. Actually, we're going to talk about two kinds of security. We're going to talk about uh, just the observations from the security that we've done, and then we're going to talk a little bit about security that we can, you a person can do that is both stealthy and will be effective, at least to an extent, if the power is on or off. And we're not talking about combat-type security. We're talking about home-type security. Keeping somebody from busting in your door and taking your stuff. Now, first we're going to talk about uh, some things that we've done in our, in our, or at least one thing that we've done at our home that has made a huge difference in the amount of, of security, basically, that, you know, we have in, the, in our little, uh, our little piece of land in town. We live in a town of about 1,200 people, and it's not a very dangerous place to live. It's not there a crime center. Yeah, there are no riots going on in our community. And it's uh, not the kind of place that I can ever imagine there being riots going on short of full-scale Tiatwaki. Because, frankly, the little old ladies in town just really don't scare me that much. And half the town is little old ladies. A good portion of the rest are Amish and Mennonites. And they're really not, you know. Not very violent. Not all that violent, no. But, and uh, the rest of us aren't all that uh, violent or prone to taking other people's stuff either. And it's, the few that are, everybody knows. So, you know, we know who to look out for. Now, let me give you the caveat here of uh, we do not live where we live by accident, okay? We don't live at what other people would consider a bug-out location, by accident. We, we live there on purpose. We've lived there on purpose for many, many years. We live there because we like not having to worry about city and suburb things. As uh, well as liking to be out and, yeah, and among godless creatures. Where the wild things are. Yeah. Absolutely. Where the wild things are. <laughs> and so, anyway, one of the things we've done, though, is we've had a... we. Years ago, we, we, we live in a town, our little town. One of our quirks of our town is we have a, uh, I don't want to call it assisted living because it's not assisted living. It, residential care it's facility. It's a residential care facility for people who have um, developmental disorders and mental yeah, problems. But they're non-dangerous and they're non-criminal. Uh, they're just people that you know, need a place to stay. Uh, but it's a residential care, a residential facility. It's not a lockdown facility because they're not criminals, and uh, they just are there because you know that way it ensures they need help they, with some things. Yeah, they they get fed. They they have good hygiene. Well, enforced hygiene. <laughs> they have you know this <laughs> kind of stuff, um, and you know that's that's the thing. But they can get out if they want to. There's no it's not there's not a lock on the door. And they frequently are out. And they frequently are out at night, and we—I noticed a bunch of uh, footprints in my 
yard one night in the snow. And I was like, what in the world is going on? So I started trying to figure it out what was going on and what was going on. And some of these people were out at midnight or 1 a.m. wandering around the neighborhood, just looking around at stuff. They weren't stealing anything. Nothing was missing. Nothing was broken into. They were just out wandering around. Poking around. Poking around, yeah. And, you know, that that does not fascinate me at all. I'm That's not my dance. I'm, I'm not into that. So I went out and bought just an inexpensive, do-it-yourself, 12-camera home security system, and I put up the cameras one day, one weekend day. And it was interesting what happened after the, the snow, the, the footprints in the snow immediately stopped. Okay? And then... Within the next couple of weeks, we started hearing comments when we were at the grocery store and the gas station. Some from people who I really didn't even know and who I was pretty sure had no idea where I live. <laughs> I mean, it's a small town, but it's not that small where everybody knows. Um, uh, well, there's two subsets of people. One subset of people, they know. Know everybody. They know everything and everybody. They would say we live in the Helen Gibbons house. That's right, which is right across the street from the Bessie Hudson house. (laughs) Okay? And Helen and Gibbon have both been dead for 30 years. But Helen's been dead for almost 40. But we live in her house. And, you know, one of these little old ladies, where do you live? We live in the Helen Gibbons house. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, Helen lived there for 60 years. And... You know. Anyway, pushing right along. The um, security system went up, cameras, and they got the little red eyes on it. And, and we started getting people commenting. Say, hey, were you having problems? What you put the security system up for? I, I noticed you had those security cameras now. And people just driving around, they noticed that we had a security system. These weren't people who drive around town casing people's houses so they can break in. No, no. I don't recall a break-in in town for years. I'm sure there have been some. Well, there was that but one. I don't. Remember that one? <laughs> oh, my. You talk about. Ugh. Oh, yes. The guy who mm-hmm. did it on a snowy day and the tracks led right back to his own back door. Yeah. the neighbor, <laughs> He broke into the neighbor's house and stole their coin collection so he could use it to go out and buy some drugs. I mean, there's, there's these type of people. But it was a snowy day, and the guy just walked out his back door, walked across the yard, broke into the neighbor's back door, and walked back to his own backyard or door. And there were tracks. Our sheriff figured that one out right away, too. Yeah, that was our, not a... city police. That was not a really desperate, <laughs> hard case to crack. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that those are, There's those kind of idiots in every town, no matter what you are. I mean, they, they do exist. Yeah, and crime, crime can happen anywhere, which is one absolutely. of the reasons we got this thing. But I started hearing it from people. Uh, Salty knows a lot more people around town. He works in town. I work in a different town. I don't know nearly as many people. Uh, but I heard it from more than half a dozen people in a single week, many of whom I really I knew they were for townspeople, but I really didn't know who they are. So these weren't people who were driving around casing the joint. They just noticed. And if they're noticing, then a whole lot of people are noticing. Yeah, people, actually, people at the, at the Relay for Life, I, I was on the committee, they, they, I walk in there and say, hey, tell us all about that security thing you put in. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought we were going to, you know, 
plan the survivor's parade, not talk about my home security system. Anyway, long story short, home security system, I'm just, this is something people will notice. Now, a caveat, we live in a town where there are no professional home security companies. We live in a county where there are none. You can get the national ones, and you can get the the ones that, you know, that are you know, Internet-based, sure. But there are no, we will come and install these Internet or the security systems in our county. Then again, we live in a county that is uh, doesn't have a stoplight that changes color. We have more deer than people. We do. We have a lot more deer than people. <laughs> yeah. The point is, though, that I actually was like, yeah, whatever, if you want to get one. I had no confidence that it would make any difference in our lives at all. But I was amazed at how many people had noticed. And if people are noticing, that means it's going to be a deterrent. Because these days, you know, if that little red light's on the camera, the probability is high that there are images going up somewhere on the cloud. And... People Which, are going to be noticed if they're messing with stuff. That's exactly how it works, you know. Yeah, the guy come in, come into my house and steal the, steal the thing. It's, yeah, but it's it's uploading it onto the the cloud storage, so that's not going to help. Yeah. So we just got a picture of you, and we can come track it down. Okay. So this is a this notice. is just an observation. People do notice this stuff. So what are some things you could do that would help you? with your home security that don't require power and that people will not notice because you don't necessarily want people noticing your home security stuff. This is not necessarily the goal is, Oh yeah, they've got security. They must have something to steal. You know, that that's not necessarily the goal. You don't want to look like a soft target either though. No, uh, certainly backyard fence would provide a small, very negligible amount of security. It would keep people from wandering in. But, you know, backyard fences, I don't care what kind they are. They're easy to get over. Frankly, I think the most important value of a backyard fence is it's just you may have a dog. Right. And dogs are a much bigger deterrent than a little backyard fence is. And speaking of dogs, I want to just be clear. I see this it, this out there all the time. People say guard dog, watchdog, using them like they're in an interchangeable term. They're not. Guard dogs are the big, you know, German Shepherd, Rottweiler, big, powerful. There's we'll people legal right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Driving within a few feet of him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, he was just right there. I'd say we were within 30 feet of him. Yep. Beautiful bird. We were, I've been out shooting pictures of eagles all morning or all afternoon long. He's not our first eagle of the day, but No, this is not our first. But it is our closest eagle of the day. Not mine. Yeah. Oh, is it? You got buzzed? Yeah, I got buzzed. You got buzzed. Uh, You know, it's one of those deals where um, a little bitty chihuahua can be a great watchdog. Totally useless as a guard dog. But a fantastic watchdog. Uh, yappy little ankle biters can be great watchdogs as long as they make a lot of noise. Yeah, when we say watchdog, we don't mean the golden retriever who's going to watch him come in and wag his no. tail. Those are. <laughs> we want somebody who's going to at least make noise. Did you yep. see how many male cardinals there were? I did. There were, there were like six, six or seven male cardinals all hanging out. 
she must be a hottie. That's all I got to say. She must be the bomb. There's a whole, we're driving, and there's a whole flock of male cardinals, which I... They don't generally no, associate. No, I don't recall seeing before. That's kind of cool. Anyway, I guess the, so the, the cardinals are going to have a good year, not the, not the football cardinals, because my bears just bounced them out of the playoffs, but... Anyway, <laughs> pressing right along. Um, the yappy dogs will dissuade people often who want to break in and take stuff. Uh, I have read from writings purportedly by people who do break into houses for a living. But they don't want to mess with dogs. They don't care if it's a little handful of dogs they could kick into next week. They don't want to mess with dogs. They don't want the noise. They don't want the hassle. Certainly if it's a bigger dog, they don't want the bitten. So even a small dog can be a, a fairly big deterrent. Besides, then you have a dog, which may well be a good thing. And in the first version of this podcast, this is actually the second version of this podcast, not that it matters. This one has uh, the battery batteries. died on us. It's not <laughs> like we're, we're making any big change to it. The battery died on us while we were recording it. Um, she talked about peacocks. Oops. Peacocks are something that a lot of people out here in the country, well, not a lot, but a few, Some will they'll buy a couple of peacocks and put them out there with their domestic fowl. Because if somebody, and by somebody I generally mean a coyote or a hawk or something else that's going to eat fowl, anything starts to mess around that the peafowl consider a threat. No, it's not like they're going to go out and uh, kick its tail, but they're going to start screaming. They're going to literally cry for help, because if you've ever heard a peacock's distress call, it sounds a lot like it's calling for help. And people will put a peacock or two out there with their fowl. Anytime the peacocks start going off at night, they know to let the dog out and uh, turn on the lights and see what's up so they don't lose too many chickens to the foxes or whatever because the peafowl are a lot better at alarming than the other domestic fowl are. And they're pretty. So a bonus. Ah, a slight diversion. You ever driving out in the country and you're driving by and you see a bunch of sheep or goats and you see one llama out there there's a reason the llama's out there not just because people like llamas it will a, kick the thing's tail <laughs> it is a guard llama and we're not kidding it's not a, a watch llama it's a guard llama those suckers will take out coyote oh they hate coyotes <laughs> they will take the biggest I mean, threat they'll protect sheep, sheep. Um, llamas are some of the sweetest animals in the world up until that time when they're not and they're very, very, very dexterous. And they've got a kick literally like a mule. I have seen videos of one that grabbed a coyote and just shook its head until the coyote's back was broken and then tossed it into the bushes and looked for the next one. So people know that. And don't mess with those either. Uh, okay. Now, yeah. we are not recommending that you go out and get a, a, watch, a guard llama. Guard llama, Yes. <laughs> We're not recommending that you suburbanites out there get peacocks <laughs> or peafowl of any type. The idea is that an animal that alarms can be about as useful as an animal that actively defends your stuff. It serves as a very large deterrent, and it scares off a lot of uh, trouble you might otherwise have, and it alarms you 
that you need to go and watch for things. So you don't necessarily have to think big, bitey things that you may or may not want in your apartment or something like that. Now, one big advantage the yappy little ankle biters have as, as a dog over a guard dog is they eat a lot less. A 50-gallon, 50-gallon, uh, 50-pound <laughs> bag of dog food goes a lot farther with a Shih Tzu <laughs> than it will with a Golden, which are useless, except to pet their heads. Unless you're duck hunting. Unless, yeah, yeah, unless you're you. duck hunting. And even then, they're not the best retrievers in the world. <laughs> Unless you're tennis ball hunting. <laughs> your tennis ball hunting golden retrievers are exactly what you want, okay? All right. Anyway. Um, I even know some people who put up beware of the dog signs when they don't have a dog. Because they are of the belief, which I think is not entirely unjustified, that it will discourage some people from trying to come in and mess with their stuff when they're not there. Or even when that dog is a golden retriever. It, which, <laughs> yeah. You know, it does does serve a purpose, though. You might trip over one of them in the dark. I was just laying there sleeping. <laughs> but anyway, I like golden retrievers. I'm not down on golden retrievers. I'm just not really what you would call a practical service. They're watch, great watch companions. Type. They're yes. just not. If you got a tennis ball, you're, you're, you're in business. You're their friend. <laughs> anyway, long story short, pressing right along. Doors. 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 One of the things you can do. Or if you're wanting to do something to harden your house a little bit, the best thing you can do, the single best thing you can do, is to replace your doors, your, your entry doors. With, and it's not just about the door, a solid core door. It's about the frame, a really difficult or metal frame to hold that, to really anchor that door in will make that door a lot more uh, robust. And the hardware that holds the door shut so you can't just kick through it. Right. And we, we've got one of those things on the cabin. Uh, we bought one just kind of as an experiment is with a heavy chain and it has a loop that goes around the door handle. But this isn't one of those little, uh, hotel room chain things. This is a real actual heavy duty chain that bolts into a plate that runs up and down the side of the side of the, the door frame. And it has big, big deep set hard bolts that run deep into the door frame and a full a full sized person can kick it and kick it and kick it and it will not let go. It's really a thing. They would probably kick the hinges off the back side of that door, which would be quite the trick, before that cheap little door handle would give way. Wasn't that cheap? <laughs> uh the handle itself is cheap. It's oh, yeah. uh, the yeah. cheapest kind of outside door handle. It's just a little right. okay, that is. pulling cabin. But the, uh, the anti-kick-open mechanism was not cheap. No, but it is quite robust, and the angle you, you, would, you would be pulling on it if somebody was kicking on the door would make it extremely hard to break that door handle and break in that way. Right. Now, it's kind of uh, – there's only to a point because that has a big glass window, too, the door does. So, I mean, we're not trying to, we're not trying to uh, stop – a gorilla from getting through that door. No, but if I'm, I often sleep at the cabin by myself, and it's a rather isolated spot, and there's no lights or anything else. And should somebody try and come in that door when I'm in there at night, I want to know it's happening, and have time to react. And in other words, say hello they to get Mr. through Croft. the door, they step in, and it's like that 
Gunny commercial. You picked the wrong house. Because she's going to be there saying hello with Mr. Glock in her hand. Yeah, I I don't actually think anybody's going to mess with me there, but it's a very flimsy door, and it's very isolated, so we put something on it to give me a little warning, give me time to wake up and figure out what's going on if somebody does decide they want to come in while I'm in there. Now, one thing you can do, if you don't want to really go too crazy on your door, is you can buy brackets and, and nice, big, strong bolts and get get some tuba fours or four or uh, tuba sixes. Either one will work. And make uh, or have the makings on hand so that you can put brackets on all of your doors and then put tuba four bracing on them. You don't have to leave them on that twenty four seven three sixty five. But if you have the stuff on hand to do it, if the situation deteriorates on you you can always you just go back into pull the stuff out of the out of the storage area and bolt up your doors same thing will work for windows as long as you put the uh, attachments out of reach so you can't just break the glass and reach in and, and remove it right well yeah but you can you can easily put a, yeah, a cross and pull system that you couldn't just reach in the glass. And, and it doesn't have to make your house look ugly or look like Fort Knox or keep you from opening the windows or do anything else. And it doesn't even have to affect your daily life because you don't even have to install that up until you need it. But just have the trick is to have it on hand and know how to put it in if you need it. Um, another great thing that, that we uh, really like and have actually done some of at our at both at the place and at the yard, uh, we've we've got some um, some entanglement type of bushes, berry bushes, berry bushes. Yeah, ours are ber- so, uh, berry bushes. They have uh, uh, thorns on them. You don't have to have thorns on them, but ours have thorns on them, and they grow berries. It's food, food, food in the summer. You're always yeah. growing. You're growing food. You're putting stuff that you can dry and have in the winter. Get your vitamin C's in the winter if you need to. And uh, it dry, gives you the dry. ability to have your car pooped on by purple <laughs> with purple poop from birds. You know? Actually, that doesn't happen that much. No. Because if they start stealing too many of my berries, I throw fruit netting over them for one thing. But I put them in, frankly, on the fence that divides us from our neighbors just because it was a fence that was up and it would support the berries and it would make it easy for me to go pick the berries and I didn't have to build furniture for them. But that... Uh, but, but, man, I wouldn't eat it. Yeah, it's a pretty, no way. completely lousy little excuse for a fence, but it would be such a total pain in the rear end to try and get through, even the ones that don't have thorns. Unless you've ever tried to get through something like that on foot, especially in the dark at night, you probably don't understand just how much of unmotivational it is to try and do that if you don't have a really strong reason to go there. Now, one thing that you could do with these these pedges. You can put these up and you can make them look real nice. There's no reason they can't look nice. You sure. can keep them trimmed and but like roses, you can put roses right up underneath your uh, a rose bush under all your windows. Or holly. It's a beautiful plant. It attracts birds. It makes nice shelter for them in the winter. And your neighborhoods uh if you have one of those neighborhood associations, nobody's going to complain because they meet the standards of the neighborhood association. Or you just like your place to look nice. Yeah. It still looks nice, and nobody's going to want to stand in it and get get through there. Uh, 
where I grew up, my neighbors noticed somebody hanging around outside, and it was out in the country. They ran a dairy farm. But still, they noticed somebody hanging out outside in the yard one night, and it made them feel less than completely comfortable. So she just went out and planted a bunch of rose bushes under the windows, and wasn't anybody out hanging out right under the windows after that. It's just no fun to do. And Your average person who's going to try and break into your house is not looking for awards for getting through the most difficult barriers. They're looking for easy targets often. Yes, ma'am. Another thing that you can do is uh, if you're really convinced that you want to have some home security safely is you can uh, put in blackout curtains or at least stock blackout curtains. Because there are times when you don't want to be the only house in the neighborhood with lights on. There's another eagle right up there. Yep, I see him. Uh, Right over that old cemetery that always forgets there. Um, There's a little tiny cemetery, like eight graves. It must have been a personal. Family cemetery. Family cemetery. Uh, there's another one right on the other side of the road that is a little more than that. It may have been a church there one time. I know people don't care. I think it was probably a church, yeah. That looks like it might have been a church graveyard. I've never seen a sign there. but Anywho, I know you don't care, but we're driving down the road, and there's... A, there's, there's things to see. There's deaders all over the place. Okay, that's pretty much what I wanted to say about the subject, so... Lots of things you can do without disturbing the look of your house. Useful for day-to-day, useful if there's a larger problem. Doesn't, you know, take a a crazy amount of investment. Pretty effective. Now, this is the the, the takeaway here isn't dogs, and it isn't rose bushes, and it isn't uh, barring your doorway. Certainly not peacocks. And certainly not peacocks, unless you do live in the country. They're kind of cool looking anyway. Yeah, they are. the takeaway is just think of things now. Think of things now that you can do that are fairly not invasive, that are something nobody else would notice. And, you know, stuff like, you know, preparing door blocks and stuff like that. Um, if you have a spouse that is absolutely adamant that you're not going to mess up the house with your prepping stuff, you don't have to. You just Take the stuff, you get it, you put it in the garage or wherever you store your stuff, and you forget about it unless you need it. No, you don't forget about it. You remember where the heck you put it so you can grab it when you you need it. That might be an issue once you've got a lot of prepping stuff. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Maybe, we admit. (laughs) This is not a denial. But you don't have to mess with it until you need it. But then you got it. And you you don't have to be one of those people who's going, oh, but they're sold out of X, Y, and Z, and I desperately need X, Y, and Z. No, you don't. You got it right there. And it was a couple of brackets. It wasn't, you know, your paycheck. One of the things that uh, Spice and I have always harped on, and we have a podcast on it or two, and we have stories on 3BY or two, um, is one of the one goal I think most preppers should have it that don't is the whole, you know, every time you hear people on the prepping forums and stuff like talk about, what's the last thing, you know, you have one last trip to the store, what are you going to pick up? Not a dang thing. I'm not going. Not going. My goal is to not ever need to go to the store for that one last trip because 
that one last trip puts you out amongst the chaos. And that's the last place you want to be is in a, a store with panicky people. And driving around on streets. With driving around on people. streets with panicky people. No. You want to be home by then. Or you want to, if you're bugging out, you want to be out of Dodge by then. And for those of us who actually have been to Dodge City, <laughs> <laughs> we know that getting out of Dodge is easy. But then... You're in Kansas, and it lasts forever. Dodge City's way over there from Missouri. <laughs> I mean, it's way over there. It is middle of it nowhere. It is middle of nowhere. So getting out of Dodge isn't that hard, but getting to where you want to from Dodge it's gonna take a, a while. real pain. Better have what you need. All right. That's what we have today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.